Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hello and welcome along to the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Joining me today, Arlo White, Carl Martino, Robbie Earl, Lee Dixon, Brian Lasseau, and Robbie Musto. And gentlemen, we have you! <laughs> we actually kept holding off to record this podcast today until we had the official word from the Premier League. So whenever you're listening to this or watching this, in case you haven't heard, the Premier League is provisionally on its way back. I can read for you the details of the statement that has come out today. Um, the Premier League shareholders have agreed to a new provisional restart date for the 2019-20 season of Wednesday, 17th of June, provided that all safety requirements are, placed, are in place. Now, the 17th of June is a Wednesday, so I'm thinking, okay, what's happening on a Wednesday? Why are they not starting at a weekend? Well, you might remember that before everything got postponed, Two games were in hand, if you like, because of the Carabao Cup final. One was Aston Villa, Sheffield United, and one was Manchester City against Arsenal. So they're going to take both of those games and play them on Wednesday, the 17th of June, followed then by a full match round beginning on Friday, the 19th of June. And that means that when they go into that first weekend of games, everybody will have played the same number of games, which sounds sensible. Due to COVID-19, the statement continues. Games will take place behind closed doors. We, of course, knew that. This is interesting. Premier League shareholders also approved a proposal that would see all 92 remaining matches, every single last one of them, broadcast <laughs> live in the UK by the league's existing broadcast partners, which are Sky, BT, BBC, and Amazon. Of course, we over in the United States already broadcast every single last one of them. Um, the Premier League Chief Executive Richard Master said that we, quote, have provisionally agreed to resume the Premier League, but the date cannot be confirmed until we have met all the safety requirements. Sadly, fans will not be able to attend the stadiums. I'm paraphrasing now. Uh, the Premier League and the clubs are proud to have incredibly passionate and loyal fans, which is why it's so important to make sure that all the fans at home can watch their team play. Um, the planned kickoff times in the UK for live matches, I'm not going to go through, but let's basically just tell you that if you sit down on a Saturday morning, you won't be leaving your seat for the entire day. Let's say about 12 hours. Same for a Sunday. Oh, same for a Friday, probably a Monday, maybe a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday as well. I think the math has been done somewhere in the ether of NBC, and it's something along the lines of 37 shows in 40 days. So make sure you all get a rest. Between now and three weeks' time, I'm going to go around and just get your instant reaction. And I'm going to start with Kyle Martino. What do we think, Kmart? <laughs> That's not good for an audio podcast. Oh, those that are <laughs> listening to this, I did a celebration of pumping my fist. I'm so excited for it to come back. I, I, I you know, it's different um, for us because. Um, or I guess maybe for me. I don't know how you guys feel about me, but I miss you guys. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to work. I'm looking forward to getting back to watching games. I think that they've been incredibly thoughtful about how to do this and are still thinking through how to do it. Uh, we know because we've been on plenty of calls that NBC 
Sports have been incredibly thoughtful about how they bring us all back to the workplace. So I'm so pumped. I'm excited. Arlo, how are you feeling over there? Just to echo what Kyle said, I mean, it's just so exciting. I, th- I thought when the Bundesliga returned and we, we all sat down and the world sat down and watched it somewhat, you know, with, somewhat, with some trepidation, but it went off very, very well indeed. And I think that has focused a few minds in the Premier League. I'm very impressed with how they've managed to get on board together and it, it appears unanimous so that the fractured idea of self-interest a few weeks ago seems to have been talked around, which I think is very important. But the overriding feeling, and we'll, we'll wait to see whether we get to go to games or wh- whatever it looks like, whether we're pumping crowd noise or not, we will have to wait and see. But it's just nice to have decisions. If it's a podcast, to make. Um, yeah, do, if you just if you need the noise because people can't see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mainly talking about the games. Um, <laughs> But it, it, it's exciting. And I think, you know, the, the basis of this decision, the players had to be on board. And when you see over 2,000 tests done, and it's not to say that this won't change, but 0.4% of those tests have been positive. It proves that the Premier League clubs individually have created as safe an environment as they possibly can do in this situation. That's given a lot of the players confidence. And once the players are on board, I think then you're kind of pushing it at open door. So look, fingers crossed. You know, I know that the, 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 you know, the fatality rates are, haven't been great in the UK over the last couple of days compared to the weekend. So we have to keep our eye on that as well. Uh, but in purely football terms, This is fantastic news, June the 17th onwards, and hopefully a great summer of Premier League soccer. Um, You mentioned the players there, Arlo. You're right, we talked a lot about a player like Troy Deeney a few weeks ago who didn't want to return to training, but now has said, look, I never said I didn't want to return full stop, it was just the beginning. I wasn't happy Mm. at the beginning of when everybody was coming back. And Troy Deeney, who's got worries himself, feels now that his questions have been answered by the Deputy Chief Medical Officer and by the Premier League as well. So as you say, great kudos to the Premier League to ensure that all questions have been answered. Robbie Musto, what's on your mind well just what you said actually it's so pleasing that the players some of those had doubts the questions they wanted answered I'm assuming got answered um I think the Premier League you just said it Rebecca you know the Premier League have done a great job of assuring everybody and trying to bring people together it's not been very easy the only thing that the I'm assuming that the the neutral venues is out because that wasn't in the um the announcement was it by the league is if I know know we were we were progressing it's it's still not yeah so we don't it's not I mean I hope that, that we're going to see uh, teams play their home games in their home stadiums, but that's something, I guess, that we don't know for sure about. But listen, well, like everybody else... <clears throat> there was a report, Robbie, in the Times about Liverpool possibly having to play their games, all of their games in neutral venues, because the police are concerned about fans gathering at a time when they might win the league. So that's not just a report in the Times. There's nothing has been mentioned, like you say, about the Premier League. Um, Graham, you just piped in there. What do you know about that? That's what he normally does. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) uh, I'll continue. I'll I'll continue with my pipe. Yeah, exactly. Um, No, there's there's definitely you know home and away fixtures for sure, but there's a group of games that they're concerned about. Not 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 so much the Premier League, but you know the police and the government. So there, it looks to me from what I'm hearing that there'll be a combination of home away and then some neutral games for, for some specific matches, but. Look, the, the situation as it's moved, um, I think all along the way, there were naturally going to be hurdles like there are in all parts of society when you're trying to, trying to get back to something that resembles a form of normality. Um, 
and that will continue. And I think the phased approach was obviously clear. Premier League were able to follow the lead set by Germany and places like Spain as well that, that are ahead in terms of the getting games back um, played. So um, I think they've, you know, the, the, as Arlo said, the fact that there were clubs that were reticent and concerned and maybe agenda-driven slightly, that's the key to actually getting this back on and back on to be completed is, is making sure that there's, there's no sort of um, individual agendas um, pursued going forwards because inevitably there are still going to be plenty of hurdles that we have to op- overcome. But if it's structured in the right way and there are mitigating circumstances, whether it be for individual players, depending on how they feel, or you know, if, if there are a, a, some cases that suddenly appear, um, you know, I, I'm sure that scenario planning is being done and contingency made for, for certain un, unknown eventualities, as, as I'm sure we're going to see at some point. But great news, as, as, as the other guys have said, and we're, we're, I'm so excited to be, uh, to be thinking about getting back to watch football. Sorry, Graham. Uh, looking at the Bundesliga, the home field advantage that was appears no Gone. longer. Very few teams won their home games, it, so it's a really interesting dynamic going forward when we uh, when we return. Unless, unless they decide to pipe, unless they decide to pipe sound into the stadium, because I'd imagine the home team gets to decide what that sounds like. It's <laughs> taking the corner and someone hitting you with a coin, but yeah. <laughs> just one thing to 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 be a bit wary about is there was another report today, wasn't there? I think it was in the Daily Mail about injuries. The injury rate has been more than double they've seen so far. So that's something that I know the Premier League players have talked about needing more time. They've got a little bit more time from the June 12th date that was proposed a while ago. But that's something that clubs will be worried about, players will be worried about, is, is all the muscle injuries that we've seen in the Bundesliga in the first three match days. Five substitutes, right, will also apply to the Premier League during this time. Do we think, Carlo? Correct. Uh, yeah, but you're only allowed to make... Um, there are three substitute windows during the game as as normal but you can also make a substitution at half time so the theory being that you can't stop the game any more times than you could when there were three substitutes allowed okay got it so that might elite you know help that a little bit robbie but um it'll be interesting to talk i'm talking to Jurgen Klopp. fingers crossed on friday it'll be interesting to find out his thoughts on that particular thing and i'm sure when the managers start doing their press conferences i'm sure some will feel strongly about that as well and then everything they can to protect them. Um, Lee, what do you think of, of everything that's happening today? Yeah, I mean, it is exciting. I think um, there's always, as Graham was quite rightly pointing out, there's always a, a plan going to be put down about restarting at some point. It has to restart at some point. I think the, the protocol that they've been going through, the Premier League and the clubs, is, is absolutely going along as we thought. Um, the fact that the date is on the 17th has been, you know, it's a provisional date. We can't forget that. And there is, you know, there is a lot, still a lot of hurdles to get over, but there is a, you know, a, a, a set out plan, which is exciting. I think when we all go away in the summer, normally for our holidays and our break from the Premier League, there's kind of, well, we're quite pleased the season's over. It's been an exciting year, lots of work put in. Then you have a little bit of a break. And then certainly the lads who played, th- there was a, a real excitement, building you know the last few weeks of your holiday getting ready to come back to training even though you know training's going to hurt you're going to be you know maybe feel sick a little bit in the old days more than the new days but you know there was definitely a, a level of excitement that you you built up in yourself getting ready for for um 
for the pre-season and, and you know when it is you know when pre-season starts you know when the games start you know your preparation for the pre-match uh, pre-season friendlies you know how you're supposed to feel with three pre-season friendlies under your belt so you've got a kind of library a reference to go back to these players at the moment now haven't got that because this is a you know the, the date has never been really set and it's still a floating date so and they've only just started going back to, to contact training today. So, um, you know, I think in the next couple of weeks before we get to the, the kickoff time, there's still going to be a few things that crop up. You know, I'm still a bit unclear as to if a player goes, you know, after contact training, if a player um, shows positive, how that works. You know, they're saying you don't have to isolate the whole squad, which seems a bit, I don't know, it seems a bit weird to me, but... Um, they seem to know better than what I do. But I think um, the the excitement is starting to build, believe it or not, in my chest that there's going to be a start. Um, and I'll, I'll be as excited as the rest of the lads when, you know, probably because I get to stand more than two feet away from Arlo, I can stand, you know, 20 <laughs> feet away from him and and not have, not completely have to uh, share the sweets with him. I'll be bringing a two metre long stick with me, Lee, don't worry. <laughs> Robbie Earl, how are you feeling, my friend? Just the excitement in your voice, Rebecca, is enough for me. I've got my, my, my calendar with 21 days, and I'll start tomorrow ticking them off, and we get back to <coughs> what we all love to do. I think a couple of things stand out, Bex. It's the first time for me it feels like there's a united front, there's a unison between the clubs the players, the managers, the league, everybody seems to be going in the right direction for the first time. I think it was a big week in terms of the resuming to contact training that came in. We've seen the testing early this week again. I think it was four players from three from three clubs or four people from three clubs. So the numbers have been well con- considering the 50 or 60 te- tests per team. Um, I think we got a date, Rebecca, and as we say, as we all know, that that might be slightly fluctuating depending on on the virus. But we've got a June the seventeenth start date. We get two games there. We get seven weekends with with the full matches, and hopefully, we're going to get an end to the season where everybody's going to finish in the places they finish, and it'll be decided on the football pitch and not working out maths and calculus and what you have to work out. The other thing I think I've got to say, and it, it was a conversation I had yesterday with a friend of mine, I think it's so important for the rest of English football. There's so many clubs that, you know, I started my club, my career at Port Vale. I know Lee was at, at Burnley, Musty was at with Oxford. Those lower clubs are desperately waiting for that little bit of money that tri- trickles through from the Premier League down that football pyramid. There are some football clubs that are right against it now, that are really struggling to to keep their businesses going, to, to pay their players. And so by at least having this date, at least having this finish, that the broadcaster money will, will go into the pot, that the sponsor money will go into the pot, and that will trickle down the pyramid. It's so important for so many clubs down there finding it difficult. So it's great news for those 20 teams in the Premier League, but it's great news for it, English football, great news for us because we can get back working and get back annoying each other. Mm-hmm. Two angles. In a minute, I'll just talk about the fans' experience from for the rest of the season. But just quickly, have any of you ever played a game behind closed doors? Yes, every yeah. single game I ever played. <laughs> 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 uh, 
They were paying people to come in, weren't they, Arlo? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that at Wimbledon many times. We, uh, what about the other lot? What about the other lot? Any of you ever paid for hundreds of dollars? Before, before tournaments, a lot of times, but, you know, that was normal yeah. because fans weren't allowed to do it. I remember we, we played uh, Argentina before the Under-20 World Cup and before the Confederation Cup played team. It feels like preseason a little bit. You know, there's a lot of things that the guys were saying where this is going to – it's going to take a bit for us to remember this is the actual season and, and not – not preseason. And, and, you know, one little factor of that that I was just thinking about is a lot of times during the gear up for the season, players with high numbers on the back of their shirt but low ages get an opportunity. You know, I, I wonder if maybe we see a couple of young stars that haven't gotten a lot of time. And just it'll be interesting to see how it's different on the field than what we're, what we're used to watching Premier League. And also, it'll take us a little bit of time. Do you think, who thinks that if you're Mo Salah and you're running out in a silent Anfield, do you think he, do you think the players will be affected and mm -hmm. in what way and how, and how could they help combat that? You know what I mean? How can the players get up for stuff? How, do you think they'll be muted at all from what you see them from what you know? It's interesting, Bex. Musty and I talked about this on our podcast last week, because I said to him, you're captain at Middlesbrough, waiting at the Riverside stage and you're playing at home to Tottenham. You look across, you see the names. Well, if you run out, Something's slightly missing, that sort of nervous energy, that, that kind of butterflies in your stomach, because that comes from the atmosphere, from the crowd, from the expectancy. It was interesting, we talked about some players, for argument's sake, may take, may take it a little easier in terms of, you know, if somebody runs past you, you haven't got the crowd baiting you to, to, to follow that run. It, you know, you might just let him go and let somebody else pick him up. It, it might affect the way that some play. I think certainly for forward players who rely on that, oohs and ahs and excitement of the fans. I think they get a buzz from playing there. There's the goal celebrations with the fans. You think, of, I always think of someone like Ian Wright and Dick Oltobi. He used to love playing for it. He used to play for the fans as much as himself at times. He, yeah. he, he was a big part of the thing. Somebody like him, I would have thought, would have been affected by not having fans in, in, in the stadium. Just a I also, Rob, wasn't it? We talked about maybe wide players, wingers, creative players that might do try more based on there's nobody going to give them a hard time, you know, <laughs> 10 yards away from the stands if they try something and mess it up. So you might see, you know, just a little bit of unusual play for some of the players that you'd normally expect something. They might, because of the lack of pressure, they might try other things in the game. Every, every player I'll tell you, I'll tell you one I thing. I'll tell you one thing that's just, just, just cropped up for me is that especially being a defender that was um, pretty regimented in the way that we used to play with our line. And, and so you can kind of work stuff out visually where the position of the ball is, where the position of the, uh, the attackers are, and also your defenders with one little look. You've, all, you've, seen the look, you've seen the picture a million times. You can kind of work out what's going to happen. But there's also a, there's also a, a hearing um, thing going on as well when when it, I used to you could almost feel the crowd and hear the crowd when a player used to make a run a really good run and that going back to what you said Robbie about wingers yeah. certain, certain, certain times I'd be looking um, across the pitch and my winger would be behind me here and if you're playing it away from home and the home fans and they see it happening and you're not quite you can kind of sense and you can kind of hear the fans start to go always oh, in here you know, if you get two or three hundred people all making the same sort of noise, whether they're shouting anything or not, you can sense it. And all of a sudden you have a little look over your shoulder so that, that there's no doubt that the crowd affects 
playing playing professional football. There's no doubt in my mind whatsoever. And so moving forward, I think there's going to be times where, as you said, Ilster, that 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 players. I'm not saying they won't try, but there's there's certainly a, an element of. I mean, Graham will definitely back me up on that. He, he'll he'd have, he'd have loved it because all those Chelsea fans wouldn't have booed him when they named <laughs> him on the team sheet. It's been <laughs> also, when a goalkeeper does something dodgy, the next time the ball comes, <laughs> fans go, oh, dodgy. And he won't get any of that. So all that pressure and like the keepers won't get hammered from behind the goal. It's going to be. I don't know. It's going, to be, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Carl, well, gonna, last thing on that, but it's, what's fascinating is, and I don't know if, Dicko, you were kind of alluding to this a little bit, in a weird way was the packed, loud stadiums that sometimes were the easiest to play in because it, 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 was, it was kind of calming and numbing because it's such a, it's such a, it's such a it keeps all your senses firing and, and, and you, don't, you don't hear your thoughts back in your head or, 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 or or have all of these kind of random things popping out of silence. And I also now, you know, I would struggle to pretend I can't hear my manager if there are no fans. You know, I, I definitely have to say, yeah, you're right, right. I can hear you. It, I think it's just going to be different. It's going to be different for everyone. And it's also like, it's like Pavlov's dog. I mean, you throw like crowd noise in a good or bad way, you, you will see a reflexive reaction that is a trained hardwired muscle memory reaction of years of hearing these sounds. Bex, what I think this is, is a massive opportunity for, for us, for the Premier League and for our sport, really, because particularly in America, there is a culture of, of people going to bars, uh, regardless of what time. Now, that's probably to watch the football. Some people do it because it's acceptable to have a, a pint of Guinness at 7.30 in the morning. But that option at the moment won't be available. So a lot of people who would ordinarily go with their supporters group to the local soccer bar are now going to be watching at home. And that means there will be more eyeballs uh, individually uh, and televisions in, in individual houses on what we're doing and on the Premier League. But also, if people in that household are walking past the TV and, and maybe thinking, oh, what's this? You don't usually watch this. You usually go to the bar. And maybe more and more people will sit down together and, and the people that are usually absent in the bar with their pals can start to educate everybody else in the household about how cool this league is, even though there's no crowd in there, but this is a sport and this team does this and this player does that. And maybe it's a way... Um, of, of spreading the gospel, not only of football, but of, of you know, our league more specifically. And, and hopefully we can, and the players and the games will be so good, uh, regardless of the crowd situation, um, that we can attract some new fans. It clearly depends on who runs the remote at home. Mm. But mm. Other, to add into that as well, I think I'm right in saying, other than NASCAR, and obviously there is some golf, it's going to be, I think I'm right in saying, the mm. first team sport back on American television. And that is a big deal because like you yep. say, not only will people not be able to go to the bar but be at home, which can spread the word, but there are this country, like every country, is you know overflowing with sports fans, avid sports fans who, you know, right now would watch anything. And if they've never seen the Premier League and because they're so busy with their own sports that they love, this could be a real opportunity for them to for the first time take in a Premier League game for weeks, for a good few weeks before they can watch a sport that they're more used to watching. So like you say, I totally agree. It's a, it's a huge opportunity. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. 
crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all on its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to 313-mile range on a single charge, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric never could be. It was built with a driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience the electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Um, in the UK, guy, UK guys, um, it's going to be, it appears to be every, like I said, every single game will be on television. Just, just give us a sense of, it, when you think about that in your mind, about all 92 games on TV, every single one that's never been done in the history of football in the UK, because let's not forget three o'clock games are not allowed on TV, plus a few others. Um, what will that look like, do you think, guys, England, with this coming their way? Well, shall I take this one, chaps? Um, it, it, like you say, there's not, there's not been a league game in England top flight league game in June since 1947. And you know, the weather here at the moment, Rebecca, is, is uncharacteristically incredible. The sun is shining every day, which, which, is, which just lends a bit more of a positive slant to what's going on in the world at the moment. So you won't have that cluster of three o'clock games. You know, League One isn't going to be playing, League Two isn't going to be playing. We're going to see what happens with the championship and how they stagger uh, their games if they're to come back. I think Friday night's going to be a big night for the championship. And I think the Premier League are keen to leave that maybe free in the way that the NFL leaves Friday night for, for, for high school football. So we'll see how that develops. Um, but it's just going to be a feast of football. It's going to remind me, because of the sun shining and the back-to-back -back nature of the, of the games, it's going to remind me of a, a European championship or a World Cup where you just you, you sit, you get your breakfast or you get your beer or whatever time it, it's on and you just plonk yourself on the sofa and you watch game after game after game after game and it's going to be coming thick and fast on Saturdays and Sundays so it will be odd that we don't have that that three o'clock cluster of games but it'll be strangely refreshing that we get to see every game over here um, I'm going to jump off the podcast guys I have to do the Richard Eisen show on NBCSN so Arlo if you could just take you know carry on with whichever direction you want to go to and uh, chaps I will see you um, next week and I'm going to see you really 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 soon <laughs> as well as like online bye guys see you Max Cheers, Bex. So, Graham Lee, what do you what do you make of of you know in England the amount of games, ninety two live games available for everybody? Are people going to going to lap up most of it, or are people going to 
watch it at the start and maybe tail off a little bit? What do you, how do you think that's going to go? Well, I, th- I think uh, there'll be um, lots of partners of football watches. Um, it'll be, um, we'll have mixed emotions about it because uh, obviously isolation's been quite a long time together with all these families together. Now all of a sudden everybody's going to be watching football. Not everybody, but the football watching. But I think you're right about the getting an audience that is slightly different than we're normal we normally get I think most people will be kind of it'll be catching their eye uh we'll probably be at most of them anyway so <laughs> we won't be watching too many of them we'll be on the uh motorway traveling there so um it'd be interesting to see how many um how many games we actually we as commentators actually cramming we know like the studio boys they're doing every single one brilliant so envy you Rip it. <laughs> well, you, Lee, you're contractually, you've still got 90 games left this year, apparently. So, uh, you know, you're going to be busy. Pick the two you don't want to do. Um, that's an American trial. I mean, is this an opportunity for the game of football in yeah. the United States via the Premier League? We saw the, um, the viewing figures that the Bundesliga got recently. You know, the, the, the biggest ever audience in the United States for a Bundesliga game. Is this an opportunity for, for the Premier League and for us to, to grow the sport? Uh, it's a massive opportunity. And, um, I, I, you know, I, it feels in a weird way like 94 World Cup, where this is the greatest sports tournament on, on the planet came. And to Lee's point, you know, I, I think you find football by either inheriting it or being introduced to it. it it's not an individual pursuit to seek this game out. You know, it, it very much is a, a network um, and a global network that's taken time to, to grow here. In a country that has a lot of, uh, you know, sports in its landscape and a lot of offerings, and 94 World Cup reached out into part of the culture that hadn't yet been introduced or fallen in love with or understood or been in such close proximity to such a great game. Um, I, I don't want to trivialize at all um, the, the, the time we're in right now and the fight that people are going through, whether it be having been affected by uh, covid um, was fearful that they will be affected by it. You can hold truths at the same time. And there are two strong beliefs I have that I'm compassionate um, and responsible and, and, and cautious for those that we need to be uh, that way for. And I'm optimistic, excited, and so ready for this amazing game to come back into our lives because I do think you can introduce it again. And I think it's being done so in a way where the positive benefit we're going to see of people that didn't watch games before or people that it's going to bring joy in their life when they need it right now, that positive impact now uh, will not come as a, as a, a zero sum game with opportunity costs that, that are going to make us feel bad or, or make us um, not feel as positive as we do now about sport coming back. And so, mm. you know, um, there's no better sport on the planet to lead the way to try and show how we can do this and bring joy back to people's lives. And so I can't wait to see what the positive impact is in terms of a game that I love so much that's changed my life, showing up in the life of someone that might not know it or have, have enjoyed it yet. Yeah, well said. Um, let's just round things off then, chaps, because I guess when we get closer to the date, we can start thinking about where we left off, Robbie Earl. When you think about the storylines, and, and I have to, when I think about where the season ended, 
I have to remind myself. Yeah. Stated, I know that Liverpool are 25 points clear. I had to remind myself of where United are, where Spurs are, what's going on with the top four, what's going on at the bottom. What are the storylines that you're immediately looking forward to getting your teeth back into? Well, obviously, Liverpool have to be the top storyline in, was it, two more victories, uh, and, and they win the first title in over 30 years. Manchester City playing that game on the Wednesday before, we'll see it, you know, if City were to lose that game, it, it gives, brings it even closer. I think you're right in the point, although, it's almost like every team that, that's playing a game, you all just need to be reminded what's gone on before, you know, what they still got left. Are they in the FA <laughs> Some teams are still in Europe, some teams are battling against relegation, some are trying to get to Champions League. It's almost like every, every club's got a story. And, and just put, picking up to, to, on Carl's point, I almost feel we've got a great opportunity. We've got a seven-week Premier League tournament, like a World Cup, like a European Championship. We've got seven weeks where football's going to be the talk of everything. Social media's going to go crazy. You know, newspapers are going to have things to write about again. And we're going to enjoy this league. We'll have a five-week break, and if things go to plan, middle of September, we start again. So mm. it's a massive opportunity, it's a massive window now over the summer, and I believe you're having a great summer at the moment in England. It's probably going to rain every day from June and July onwards. You can probably guarantee that. <laughs> you guarantee it. But we've Must got be. a great opportunity to enjoy good football, yeah. good weather, a unique time, and I think that's the most important thing, to, to get people back into football in, in such a considered way. It's a good thing Mostly that you and Nico and Amrak are going to be in the same booth together because obviously Wi-Fi is not a good idea to try to call games this way. The play might be <laughs> I think, uh, Arlo, just like thinking about now the return and everything else, and of course, we're all excited about it. And um, what, what me and Robbie have been doing on our, on our Two Robbies podcast is, is kind of the state of the like Premier what? League, if you like. And we've gone down the list of teams and kind of just gone through the squads and what they might do in the next window and how they might finish. So that's important uh, to note. But I'm looking, and I think our last pod, Rob, wasn't it? We talked about, mm. I'm interested, Arlo, in how the teams, uh, what they've been doing. How have they been preparing? How much have their players been time off? How, how focused are they? How fit are they? You know, this is going to be a nice little window into some of the managers, some of the football clubs and some of the procedures to get their teams ready for this restart. Now, we know in terms of storylines, the, relegated, the relegation point, uh, part of it is huge and it's very tight down there and there's lots of, you know, big games that's going to happen. Are they mentally okay? Me and Rob, we talked about the teams that have been a little bit more cautious about the restart, maybe. The, the Watford with the manager and a few of their players. Um, a couple of others down there as well, Brighton, stuff like that. Is their mentality going to be like, okay, forget everything else that we've said or whatever, we've got to go full guns at it, or they're going to be a little bit like, well, you know, we're not sure what he should have been back, feeling sorry for themselves. So the way that they've prepared and, and how fit they are, we could see differences where one team looks pretty fit and ready to go and sharp, energetic, and others that might look a little bit sloppy. And with what's left to go Must on the stage we're at, that could be critical in some of these teams. And unlike the, when the season normally starts, where it takes a while for storylines to, to, to have yeah. real significant relevance. I mean, the first two games, right, if, starting, if it starts winning, they say it's going to start. I mean, Villa, you know, fighting for relegation. And Arsenal, you know, should they win a very difficult game, top four becomes really, really, I mean, yeah. right out of the gate, two really important yeah. games. Mm. Yeah. Graeme, if you were selling yeah, the league yourself for the, for the remaining seven match rounds or eight match rounds, um, what would you say to people to look out for? What are you looking um, out for? 
Well, I think I think it's more. It feels to me like it's the start of a separate competition. And if I was a coach or player, I'd be trying to look at that. I'd be trying to think, right, we've got these amount of games left during this period. As Robbie Earl said, it's almost like a mini tournament. And I think every club has to approach it like that. You can't you can't, you can't approach the season, the rest of the remainder of the season, like you did the the, the everything that's gone before it, because it's such an alien environment. Clubs are going to teams and players are going to uh, adapt differently to playing in, in behind closed doors. Um, you know, players. I I've always felt you need that tension of a of a crowd to to get more out of you. So I think the intensity will definitely be down. Um, so it's how clubs adapt to uh, a new and an unsettling environment. So mm-hmm. I think all bets are off in one sense. And I'd be saying that, you know, that it would almost be don't write anybody off and don't assume anything based on what's happened before, because this is, this is a, a, a new sort of a, almost a new tournament. Mm. Okay, then, chaps, I think we'll leave it there. It's been a very positive day for Premier League fans across the United States. June 17th is the return date. I've got some big questions that need to be answered. Will Graham Lasso have a haircut before we return? Will Kyle bring the earring onto set in his left ear? We're going to have to wait and see. All will be revealed on June the 17th. Beck's back in the chair, obviously, uh, for the podcast next Wednesday. Thank you for joining us on the NBC Sports Soccer uh, podcast. June the 17th, folks, circle it in your diaries. The Premier League will return. Bye for now. Provisionally. Provisionally. (laughs) In brackets. (laughs) The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.